Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Ryan Fisher, such a sensationalist. Uh, I, I love that part of the video where he says, the full weight of the United States military, which I think included no more than four F-18s. No ground troops, no tanks, no nukes, no tomahawks, <laughs> nothing, just like four airplanes. Um, also, uh, uh, <clears throat> you reminded me of a joke that I thought up of uh, when I was in the Navy with the red telephone thing. Um, and I thought, what if no- nobody is there to answer the red telephone in the White House? Uh, the red answering machine gets it. Glory hole. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome at. This is episode 171 of Cognitive Dissonance. And it is full of depressing stories. Yeah, every every episode. I mean, it's not like that's a big shock to people. I know, is but it? this one has some fucking like really depressing ones kind of tucked in there. In fact, I actually labeled the note fucking depressing <laughs> stories for episode 171. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, was, I was looking through Cecil and here's the problem. Like this is not, there's not a lot of good news going on right now. I know. So I was like, oh, that story. Oh, I can't even make a joke about that. You know what we need is more Ebola. I think it's, right. you know, Ebola is just fun for the whole family. It's, it's something we can all get into. I mean, you just yuck it up about Ebola. You know, speaking of the Ebola, we did get an email from somebody who was kind enough to send us some screenshots from the uh, essential oils nuts that were, you know, rubbing some fucking dirt on themselves if they were going to get Ebola. And of course... You know, it's all fucking fun and games because nobody's getting Ebola here. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I got the fucking cure for Ebola since nobody has Ebola yeah. here. <laughs> exactly. All right. I have a rock in my pocket that keeps away tigers. Too. Exactly. So, you know, uh, we have to say 100 percent of the people who have rubbed tea tree oil on their nuts have not gotten any uh, Ebola. So, yes, <laughs> win win. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, you get to rub your nuts and you don't get Ebola. And you smell like a hippie. <laughs> I mean, win, win, win. I don't know. The third one's a win. Tom. I'm not sure it is either. It's like it's like it's like you smell like an all day concert. <laughs> <laughs> you smell like an outdoor. You smell like something called Bonnaroo. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> So this first story comes from Salon.com, uh, and this is uh, this is like a personal story. My Christian virginity pledge nearly destroyed me. I had to preface that in case any of our listeners thought that my Christian 
virginity pledge nearly destroyed me. My Christian virginity pledge both did not exist and would have been ignored. <laughs> it would have been completely <laughs> yeah. disregarded. Yeah. So, Yet scrupulously uh, uh, studied by the women around me. Yeah. Uh, my Christian virginity pledge nearly destroyed me. At the age of 10, I vowed to stay pure until I married. I finally realized my body belongs to me and not the church. This is a story by Samantha Pugsley, which I love. So yeah, man, this at the age of 10, this woman got, woman, girl, this little girl, basically, fucking fifth grader is what you are, um, basically got fucking strong-armed and is, is saying that she would stay a virgin until marriage. And then that was used as kind of like a uh, a mark of her purity and her you know holiness and her standing within her church and her community and her family. And uh, it was like a real point of pride for her, Cecil, until the moment it wasn't. Yeah. Well, and the problem is, is that that's how she identified herself, right? She identified right. herself from the age of 10 on because everyone was so impressed with her ability to not give it up, right? So everybody would come up to her like, and that's got to be weird, right? Like grandma right. come up and grabbing your cheek and be like, glad your hymen's still intact. Like, I, I was going to say, like, what is, weird. what is Thanksgiving like? Yeah. Okay, honey, show everyone your hymen. <laughs> you see this turkey, how wide it is? That's not your hymen. Like, like that's not your vagina. Your vagina... Does not. It's like it's. Imagine if there's a lot of stuffing in here. That's like I, she actually wasn't even allowed to stuff the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We fist that turkey every year. Um. Yeah. I. I. But it, there's an interest. It's interesting to see that it. She identified with that purity. Then she goes away for her. You know, night first night of sex, and uh, and they have sex after they're married. And then she is uncomfortable with it because she feels dirty because her whole life she has identified sex with being unclean, with being, um, with being, you know, for a lack of a better term, evil. And she has not been able to, and she wasn't able to enjoy sex even when it was blessed by the Lord because it's between a husband and wife. She was not able to enjoy the sexual activity that she was having with her husband. And, you know, it led to some real problems in her relationship because she spent her whole life with this false idea that sex is somehow dirty and unclean and you're going to be bad if you partake in an act, which is, you know, probably the most human thing we do. Well, you know, what she, I mean, the solution is obvious, though, right? I mean, she should have either only fucked Jesus. Well... You know, which, because how can that, how can that go wrong? And let, let's be honest. I mean, Jesus with that long hair. Right. And he's got I mean, abs. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's looking good. You know what I mean? He's got a washboard He's got a stomach. washboard stomach. Look at that guy. You know, you can't, he can't hold change. But other than that, he's, <laughs> he's good. But yeah, I mean, and the crown of thorns, you know, you gotta, gotta kind of move and that off to the side. do not step on his foot when you're dancing with him at the wedding. That's, that's tough. Oh, it's that, that's smarts. <laughs> But he won't complain. Yeah. He's magnanimous about <laughs> he it. He is. He's, He's pretty Jesus. good about it. Yeah. You you're know? never Plus, wanting. You're never wanting for any food. It'll just turn shit into fishes. I was gonna say. Yeah. So. But then you gotta cook. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guess it'd be sushi grade. <laughs> yeah. Sushi it's grade Jesus. fishes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's. Uh, but you know, and plus, you know, free drinks. That's All good. All the time, whenever like you wine, want. Wine, whenever yeah. you want it. Yeah. That's that's totally great. <laughs> I it's, saw uh, a comedian a long time ago. Who, who like takes a glass of water and he's like, oh, what I have in front of me is pure water. And he's like, and now, and he's spinning his water, his finger in it. And he's like, and now it's wine. He's like, I don't need all of you to believe it. Just 12. <laughs> 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 
Um, yeah, you know, not only did this inflict a lot of emotional damage on this poor woman, you know, who, as you say, like, you know, she was just scarred by her fucking wrong-headed ideas about sex and sexuality and self-definition and how sexuality fits into that that component of herself. But then it also fucked with her husband because her husband yeah. has been having sex with her and she hates it. And then she, when she finally tells him, he's like, well, what the fuck? I don't want to have sex with somebody who hates having sex with me. That's he, a terrible feeling. He's a nicer guy than I am. <laughs> because I'll tell you, my wife hates having sex with me, and that hasn't stopped me. So. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't want to have sex yeah. right now yeah. with somebody, but you I know, give me about 20 that, minutes. I and, actually take that as a challenge. Let's like, <laughs> <laughs> see if you can hate this even more. I'll be done in four seconds. <laughs> Four seconds. Although time that me. might take the pressure off. It's I like, well, I'm going to gonna disappoint me. you. Yeah, well, the thing you is know. is that it's not long, so she doesn't care so much. You know, she hates it, but it doesn't, you know, she's like, whatever. Yeah. We'll return after these yeah. messages, It's like right? stubbing like, your toe. Like, yeah, it sucks, but it's very, very fast and over yeah. very quickly. That's a short-term pain. I hope you're as committed to safe sex as you are those abs. I know you're all about that abstinence thing, you know, but I mean, come on, B. Palin, are you serious? Like, you're not going to hook up with, like, before you're married? For real. For real. For real, for real? For real, for real, for real. So this story comes from Think Progress. Um, California parents complain that sex ed textbook is equivalent to pornography, says what? parents who clearly do not have the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I got to tell you, there is nothing equivalent to pornography. <laughs> pornography <laughs> is its own equivalent. It's not yeah. like anything is like, man. That's just like porn. That's yeah. a crazy thing to say, actually. It'd be like saying, like, man, that steak is just like ice cream. <laughs> no. I mean, I guess maybe in that they are both foodstuffs, but beyond that. You know, there's some pornography that's not equivalent to pornography. You know what I mean? Like, there's some that is so, like, hardcore crazy. And then right. there's some that's just, like, regular vanilla. You can't even compare those two. Let no, alone right. comparing something else to pornography. It's just such a big, wide, like, selection of work. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's almost, Cecil, like sexuality exists across a broad continuum you, within the human species. You know, I... And should be considered that way. Huh, you might have something there, Tom. I don't, you I should don't know. publish. I don't know. <laughs> you should publish. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. It's one sentence long, and it yeah. was that. Um, <laughs> I'm so this publish is... it somewhere. <laughs> I'm just going to write on a bathroom stall. There you go. There's a book called Your Health Today, um, and the parents are all fucking bent out of shape because the book is accurate and comprehensive is what it right, sounds like right. to me. And they're fucking flipping out. And they say things, Cecil, that are super crazy. So this is supposed to be given to 14-year-olds, right, ninth grade kids. And one of the complaints, I'm going to read it, there's a section that tells you how to talk to your prospective partners about your sexual history. How does that relate to a 14-year-old kid? I don't see it at all, said an oblivious dipshit <laughs> who clearly does not have a handle on 14-year-old kids. Or that a 14-year-old kid may use that when they're 18. Well, and that's the other thing, right? It's like, no, we should only give people the information they need at the fucking penultimate moment right? of necessity. <laughs> need it. Yeah, exactly. What we should do is have fucking shock collars of information. <laughs> and as soon as somebody is about to like need an information, 
than somebody standing <laughs> nearby. Information. Like, <laughs> like they get fucking zapped like Matrix stuff. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It'd be you like know, if Neo could like learn kung fu, but they had to wait for the first punch to be like yeah, exactly. in the air racing exactly. toward his bean. Yeah. And it's then like, he gets the kung fu. Imagine if you're you're in driver's ed and then they don't teach you to turn right until you need to turn right. You're just like <laughs> you just you can just keep it straight. Just keep it straight. Okay, we got to turn right. Well, I don't know how to do that. Okay, well, we're going to teach you how to do it. Don't worry. Well, it's too late. We missed our fucking turn. Right. And we're in the lake. <laughs> exactly. So, hope you can swim. I know he taught me to swim. Oh, Fuck. God. Teach him to swim. That's the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> Just be like, well, they don't need to know it now. Well, they might need it later. Right. What the fuck? Do you know exactly the moment they're going to need yeah. this information? God, it's Because so I'll tell stupid. you this much. They are going to need it. Like, it's it's not, like, no solution or no problem has ever been uh, solved by people being like, mm -hmm. Let's withhold the information. Yeah. See how yeah. that works. Well, and and isn't this a repeat of the first story where they're making it seem like such a big goddamn deal? You know, the reason why, you know, people are, you know, people get pregnant and that at that age is because nobody talks to them about sex, right? If they but the problem is is that these people think sex is such a it's such a like a protected ritual. I don't even know like I mean it's such a sacred thing that they won't let you know their their children even think about it. And they, I mean, and literally, you cannot even think about it if you can't read a book about it, right? You're not allowed to even consider it. And you know, when you put that much pressure on the sexual experience, when you put that much importance on the sexual experience, suddenly you have stories like the woman in the previous story who's ten years old and doesn't know what she's promising, winds up promising it, and then winds up fucking hating sex. Right. Right. And that's not going to serve her well throughout the rest right. of her life. Like, that's the exact opposite of what <laughs> you would want for your children. Can you imagine having a child and being like, man, what a beautiful kid. I really hope they hate sex. Yeah. Man, wouldn't that be <laughs> awesome if they I were know. just like woefully incomplete in some fundamental human way? Oh. <laughs> Man, that's That'd how be I want to great. Raise them. What the fuck? <laughs> Might as well lop off one of their limbs. Right. Or like just be like, oh, you know, ever since we had that baby, what we do is we scrape off his taste buds. Oh, yeah. So that he can't have flavors. <laughs> well, yeah, why? Well, because that's like it's kind of a fundamental way for him to understand the world. And my religion teaches me that it's fucking uh indulgent to eat, you know, delicious food or whatever. So what we do is we just scrape off his fucking taste buds so everything tastes like fucking malto meal. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever had that stuff, yes. by the way? Tastes like your taste buds got scraped off. <laughs> it's so bad. And the thing is, is when you eat it, it's so hot, it essentially just destroys your taste buds anyway. Oh, uh, that's a roof of the mouth scorcher. It's Because, like, it's that gloop hold. Yep. Like, it holds the fucking heat for, yep. like, two hours. You might as well just be slurping on magma. Do you remember in, um, we're going to go back to the Matrix again. Do you remember the Matrix where they, like, eat the fucking gray sludge? Yeah, yeah, the gray sludge, yeah. It's fucking Malta meal. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's like, like as soon as my first thought was like, <laughs> that's like that fucking Malta meal shit. I remember getting the chocolate Malta meal when I was a kid and being like, oh, this is going to be better. And you'd be like, it's just no. bitter Malta meal. I know, right? It's like... <laughs> like not good. Plus it looks exactly oh, like shit. It does. It, it doesn't really, look a little bit like a poo. It's it really, like 
There's poo in my bowl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just got there? that like consistency too, where you just like rub your spoon through it and it like just holds that I form. Know, you can sculpt it oh, a little. God. <laughs> what an awful, awful thing. <laughs> your body loves it though, because your body's like, I have to do literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it goes in, it comes out, it doesn't change. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like you might as well be part of human centipede. You know what I mean? <laughs> the body's just like, I'm basically a straw. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's how you're treating matter. me. Like a straw. It's gonna go right through me. Might as well just put a bowl down there. <laughs> a thousand years ago, there was a great conjunction. Three suns lined up. Another great conjunction coming up. Anything could happen. The whole world might burn up. The Great Conjunction is the end of the world. Oh, the beginning? So this story comes from the Raw story. Texas court rules against homeschoolers who expected a rapture and stopped teaching kids. And I guess I would argue that probably the homeschoolers didn't start teaching their kids. So oh, <laughs> like, what's the... <laughs> oh, direct your letters uh, for homeschool I know, love I'm gonna get to fucking Tom. Hammered. Just be like, dear Tom, don't be like dear guys. Yeah, right. That's what we call a joke. We'll yeah. be telling a lot of them here today. <laughs> <laughs> None of them will be successful. None of them will be any good, yeah. but we'll still give them a whirl. Right. right. Um, so this story uh, basically is exactly what it sounds like. Um, there was a ruling last week by the Texas 8th District Court of Appeals. Um, Michael McIntyre and Laura McIntyre removed their nine children from a private school in order to homeschool them. And basically, uh, Tracy testified that the parents used empty space in a motorcycle dealership as a classroom, um, but that the kids were never <laughs> seen reading books, using computers, doing math. They were basically just playing. Like, they are just right. fucking sure, around. Sure, yeah. And, um, Which is what I think happens with a lot of homeschoolers. You know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, you can send that email to Cecil. I, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's there's plenty of homeschoolers out there that are very serious. But I have a feeling there's a lot of them that are just like, mommy loves to watch Oprah today, so it's right. nappy times all day. Or right. fucking, we're gonna do a field trip to the yard. <laughs> we're having Benadryl O's today. Benadryl O's. That's great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's terrible. Um, so anyway, like they, they basically said, like, yeah, we don't really have to teach them uh, because, you know, the rapture's coming, so no point in it. Religious freedom. Go, God. <laughs> and it got so bad that one of the kids, Cecil, ran away from home to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened in the history of time. As a parent, you know you have fucked your yeah. shit up. When your kid's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. I'm going to school, mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, you know, each homeschooler puts aside like two rapture days a year. <laughs> and if they go over, then they got to go back to school in that's, June. That's exactly it. The, the school year goes longer. Yeah, the school year goes longer. So they don't want to do that. The kids no. don't want that to happen. So you only get two rapture days a year. And I think they overuse those rapture days. When I was a kid, they wouldn't call a rapture day for any little rapture. Exactly. You like, know, yeah. I mean, like we used to walk through six inches of rapture. <laughs> it used to be. Look, I used to have to walk through six inches of frogs that were on the ground. <laughs> and on the way was, home, it was locusts. And I didn't mind. With tiny helmets. <laughs> tiny little helmets on those locusts. And I didn't mind. Our school mascot was a beast with a disproportionate <laughs> number, number of horns. 
<laughs> that would be the best school mascot oh, that possible. Would be the, that would be great, yeah. The Raptor Beast. This <laughs> <laughs> looks all weird. He's got all kinds of fucking weird heads and horns. Oh, my God. It would be amazing. I think it'd be awesome, too, is if he had all those heads, but he only had one neck. So they're like, <laughs> he's like a piece of broccoli. You know, he just he looks like, like a flower. He just looks like a piece of broccoli. It's like little bulbous things on the outside and then horns <laughs> on the end. And lo, there shall be a floret of lion heads. (laughs) (laughs) And it shall be steamed and sprinkled with a little bit of salt and pepper and perhaps some lemon juice, Uh. if ye have any. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, these kids can't even fucking get through a little rapture. I mean, what's the big deal? Look. I guess the the best part of it for me is like it's just sheer laziness, right? Because if you get raptured, but you're educated, no harm, right? Yeah. If you don't get raptured and you're educated, better off. It doesn't work the other direction. If you get raptured and you're uneducated, no harm. If you don't get raptured and you're uneducated, <laughs> big harm. <laughs> so, like, it's it, it's actually like it, there's no upside to doing this except for just like, I just didn't want to teach my kids anything. Basically just want to let them play around till the apocalypse. A long black cock, long black cock. A long black cock. Long black cock. This story comes from the BBC. Uh, Saudis slated for jailing teacher. Um, I think we can all agree at this point that Saudi Arabia is a fucking absolute hellhole, and I don't understand why they are an ally at all. Um, Human Rights Watch says that the Saudi judiciary is imprisoning people who advocate genuine educational reform uh, to the tune of sentencing a teacher to three years in prison and 750 lashes. So it's .625 lashes a day. You know, maybe you could survive that. Now, if you have to go with the 750 in a row, they're probably just going to they're probably just going to wind up cutting your torso in half. Yeah, I don't know. How do you how do you do this? I mean, how I don't know how long it takes to recover from being tortured, because that's what this is. I mean, it's a torturous, barbarous punishment. 750 lashes over the course of 40 months. It's just it's just unthinkable. It's just unthinkable. The, The the, the pain, the terror, and what did the guy do? Let's read what he did. Mr. Harvey discussed Christianity, Judaism, and the dangers of terrorism with his students, and he posted signs against terrorism around his school. He also reportedly encouraged his students to analyze the differences between the Quran and the Sunnah, a body of traditional sayings and customs attributed to the prophet. That's what he did. They're going to whip that man 750 times. This is another example. You know, like a lot of people will send, like, have a lot of stuff to say when we talk about Islam. They have a lot of stuff to say about how we're uninformed or how we don't know what we're talking about or how we're speaking from ignorance. What's the fucking nuance in this story? Like, where's the, where's the nuance here? It's like, guy was trying to teach something that just seems pretty fucking obvious that you want to teach, right? Nothing, he's not saying that the, you know, the government is bad. He's not saying that the religion is bad. He's just saying, know some differences between some stuff and here's some, here's some ideas, some different ideas. Maybe you could take a look at it in a different way. And suddenly you're going to, you're going to beat this guy and put up and shove him in prison for that long. And some, and, and somehow that somebody's going to defend that. Somebody's going to say that that's a good idea. 
that isn't, you know, part of this government. Because if you're going to say that's a good idea, you're a fucking idiot. That's, I mean, that's just it. You're a fucking idiot if you think that's a good idea. There's nothing about that that's a good idea. And there's no nuance here. We're not talking about, you know, that's the other thing, too, is people are like, oh, you know, America's doing all kinds of bad things over in the, you know, in the Middle East, and, you know, you've got to take that into account. There's fucking nothing going on here that has to do with anything about America, you know? Nothing whatsoever. Just so happens that this guy is teaching something that other people don't want him to teach, and he's going to get fucking beat up and fucking thrown in jail for it. And that's, we're supposed to be like, oh, well, we got to tiptoe around that shit. Yeah, you know, I guess, I guess I'd like to hear what's the other side of the argument, right? So my argument is very simple. My argument is people shouldn't be barbarously beaten and tortured for ideas, like for thought crime. That's what this is. This I'm going to go a, a step crime. further and say they shouldn't be tortured at all. Yeah. And actually the state, no state should beat people. Like there should not be a punishment that involves lashes. Just it. Like. I don't care who you are, but the the motivation of all Saudi all Saudi law is based in Sharia. They don't have codified laws. They don't have they don't have a law that you can go break. You can't go to Saudi Arabia and break the law. The law is Sharia. The law is the Quran. You go to a judge. The judge is like, eh, look at a book. The book says this thing. This is stuff. That's it. So every decision made by the Saudi courts is a religious decision by definition. Because that's a theocracy, and that's how theocracies work. I mean, it's a, it's a theocratic monarchy, but you know what I mean. Sure, yeah, and they, I mean, they have Sharia law. I mean, they just like, essentially they have judges there who just they don't even have laws. It's just a fucking a bunch of guys who are like that's fucking illegal. They should just have Drew Carey. Like Drew Carey should decide it. I mean, if it's all made up and the points don't matter, the laws it should be don't like, matter. Yeah, right. Drew Carey should just be sitting up there like, hey, seven hundred and fifty lashes and a bozo button. <laughs> Oh, can I just have the bozo button? Because the lashes sound so horrible. Okay, I need something from the audience. Shit you could get lashed for. <laughs> Somebody raises their hand. Anything at all at the discretion of the judge. <laughs> okay, guys, we're working with anything at all at the discretion of the judge. Go. Lash him for that. <laughs> Do not point out the shittiness of our system. Uh. But seriously, to your point, man, like, People people bag on us for not being uh, you know well informed about the about the specifics re- regarding you know Islam. There, there's no other side to this. If there's another side to this, you know, honestly, send me a reasonable email and I will actually read that. I know you're fucking shaking your head right now, Cecil, but I would be curious to know what somebody's other side of that argument would be. I don't know what the fuck the other side of this argument is. Jesus, man. This is from MSN.com. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to stay away from the ISIS stuff. You know, and, right. and I tried to stay away from it for a while on the show because the, the situation is just really complex over there. But this shit is fucking outrageous. Uh, Islamic this, State. This is beh- not complex, though. This this particular thing that you're going to read is not complex at all. No. No, this is not. That's why this got... That's why I chose to talk about this. Islamic State beheads and crucifies in push for Syria's east. The Islamic State um, has crushed a pocket of resistance, crucifying two people, executing 23 other people. Um, And they claim that they uh, crucified the two men for the crime of dealing with apostates. 
and two others for blasphemy. That's what they said. Right. So that's not. So let's let's be super duper clear. Like that's not my interpretation. I'm not deciding that their motivation in crucifying four people was religious. They are saying expressly and explicitly that their motivation for crucifying other human beings in 2014 was for blasphemy and dealing with apostates. That's exactly it. And and there's no nuance here, just like the last story. There is not a, it's not that, you know, yeah, clearly the rest of the things that are happening there, you know, traveling across the country, the taking over cities, all that stuff, that's something that is, you know, beyond, I think, the scope of what we want to talk about. Because I don't, I don't really have anything to say about that. Like, should, you know, I, do I think that, you know, in this day and age, we should be fucking riding around in tanks, fucking killing, you know, 1,400 people at a pop? No, I don't think so. But at the same time, there's a, that's a complex situation that I don't want to get into. The, you know, wanton murder and torture of people because they were either apostates or they blasphemed, that's something that, you know, this show is like, deals with head on because there's 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 nothing nuanced about that you know they exactly like you said they said what they wanted they said that they wanted to do and they said what they did and um and when you're talking about you know punishing someone because either they don't believe what you believe or uh or they're dealing i mean dealing with apostates like that doesn't even make any sense it's like why is it that uh, why wouldn't you go after the apostates? I mean, I could, you know, I, I I don't agree with it, but at least I could see going after the apostates. But the dealing with apostates, I just wouldn't deal with anyone. I'd be like, I haven't dealt with anyone. No, I'm just gonna sit here in a mud hole and eat my rice and just shut the fuck up. I ain't dealing with anybody. And what level of, like, truly, like, what level of first century, first century, crazy fucking insane backwards Stone Age bullshit has your religion taught you is the right way to deal with people when you are actually fucking crucifying other human beings. How... This is a... You've solved what problem exactly? Like, I mean, I know I said this before, but it's like, I look at this and I'm like, this is a response to something. Somebody is responding to, the, you know, uh, blasphemy. And their response to it is to fucking crucify another human being in 2014? If that's not, if that is not definitionally barbaric, then the word ceases to have any substantive meaning at all. But fucking crucified. What what do we have to do? Like drive over there and fucking show them all the life of Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Always look Look on on the bright. You know, it was interesting because I was reading a couple of other articles about, because they've actually been crucifying people kind of willy-nilly for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they do it to send messages, and there was a dude who fucking lived, man. Is that that why they do it, to send messages? (laughs) That's it. It's better than it's like, it's like, it's like the... It's like the ISIS version of the smoke signal. <laughs> it's like, but every message is just a T. Like, this guy's sitting there. He's, he's like, he's got like a note pinned to his chest, and they're just like, and he's just like, why couldn't you just hang the note up? Why? Do you, why do you need me? We don't have refrigerators and magnets, so we needed something. <laughs> we need to pin it on something. I gotta do something. It's you, bro. It's like well, we tried to spell it out. 
but all we made were teas. Lots and lots of teas. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But, like, one dude, Cecil, actually fucking lived. They fucking nailed him up, and he was crucified, and he hung out on there for about four hours, and then he escaped. And didn't say how he escaped, and I don't want to think too long about how he yeah. escaped from being crucified. Jesus, man. But the dude escaped, and he basically was just some dude working in an oil field, and they wanted to take the oil field, and he's like, but I work here. And like, it went downhill from there pretty quickly. <laughs> Negotiations deteriorated <laughs> right. after that. Right. <laughs> was his name Lazarus? <laughs> well, you know, I, I was actually really interested in this story because, you know, he, he was crucified and then came back. Um, but it was four hours and <laughs> It was only days. four hours, yeah. Yeah, so it didn't count. Yeah. I bet he thought it counted at all. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker is counted at all. I'll tell you what, man. Fucking, you just go, you just, you just never, ever, ever go back to that place ever. You just figure out a way to go somewhere else forever. Yeah, dude. That's like, you just pick a direction, like, east. Yeah. And you fucking run. <laughs> you pick a direction and you just hightail it forever out of right. there. Right. Just I wonder too. Forrest Gump that shit your way out. Yeah. Like, I wonder too, like, after it's all over, you get crucified by some fucking asshat who's like shouting at you some religious bullshit. I wonder if after, if you survive, if you're like, man, fuck religion. I don't know, Fuck man. that shit. I want, you know, you, you know, maybe you are, maybe you aren't, but I, I you know, I'm already on the fuck religion side, so I clearly would be on that side after it's all over. But if uh, I wonder if you're religious, if you're in that situation, if you're just like, man, fuck those people. I, you know, I don't know. But the thing is, like, even if you felt that way, you have to keep that shit to yourself. As long you know as what you're I mean? in that like, country, you do. Like this, that whole area, like, like, is such a goddamn clusterfuck. Like, ISIS is truly like Nazi level barbaric and torturous yeah, like with yeah. the crazy ass shit that they do oh yeah you know as they as they are running rampant across uh, across Iraq and, and parts of Syria it's like they're they're so crazy they're scaring al-qaeda like they're so crazy that al-qaeda is like <laughs> fuck what y'all need to settle down it's like out meaning a pit bull you know right I mean? it's like right it's like you growl at a pit bull because like fuck that I'm out of here <laughs> So we're going to take a short break, get some information on how to contact the show and how to donate to the show, and we'll be back with a couple more stories, and, uh, and we're going to finish out the episode, so stick around. Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story, uh, we don't want you to link to. It comes from Matt Walsh's blog. Matt Walsh is a giant douchebag, so don't go there. Um, he sucks. As everybody probably is aware, at least in America, you know, if you have Facebook, 
Robin Williams died uh, this last week. He committed suicide. Um, he was uh, suffering from mental illness. There was some reporting that he was uh, depressed. There was other reporting that he may have been bipolar, which is, you know, a, a, got a mania component to the depressive uh, episodes. Um, doesn't really matter. And I don't know Robin Williams. We never hung out. So, you know, it, it is sad for his family and his friends, but it's otherwise obviously a very personal matter. The reason that uh, we wanted to talk about this a little bit um, was because Matt Walsh wrote this fucking giant douchey blog basically saying that uh, Robin Williams didn't die from a disease. He died from his choice. Um, and I, I would discourage you from reading through it because it's just as fucking brain dead and myopic as it sounds. Um, but what I want to talk a little bit about, Cecil, is this idea that mental illness is somehow different in, in any kind of substantive way from physical illness. I think that there's a lot of people now that are that are talking about, uh, specifically talking about depression because of uh, Robin Williams dying, killing himself. Um, and they're starting to talk about it in different ways. And, and I think it's, it's a good thing to get into the discourse, the public discourse, the idea that, you know, depression is no different than any other disease. Uh, you know, you don't blame someone about uh, I saw something. What was it? Someone had posted something, and it might have been on the feed that we had posted this on our site and a bunch of people on our Facebook page, and a bunch of people commented. And I think someone said there or somewhere else, um, they said, uh, "You don't ask someone um, why they're depressed about something, uh, you know, in the same way you don't ask them why they got cancer." You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just a, you can't, you, you, it's something that's harder to comprehend from the outside. It's easy to look on the outside and not be a depressed person and say, you know, oh, well, you know, chin up. You know what I mean? Like, it's real easy to be that guy. Right. But it's also, I mean, that's like going to somebody with bone cancer and be like, hey, bone up. You know what I mean? Like, you, just, <laughs> you can't do it. You know, you're cancer kinda, down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Just get rid of that cancer. And be like, well, like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> and, you try rubbing uh, some essential oils on it. I, I mean, I, I and I guess when I when it comes right down to it, you know, all this is is clickbait. I mean, this guy is really just he's no he's no different. He's just he's just less witty than Ann Coulter. That's very true. That's very true. And it's it's clear that he's trolling, right? You know, yeah. he's he's taking this this event that was culturally significant for a lot of people, and he's trying to get hits on hits on his blog. Um, but you know, one of the things that I want to I, I want to just point out. Um, and is that a lot of the a lot of this separation, a lot of the difference um, comes from this false idea that people still have that I think is embedded in our culture, this this mind body dualism that the the mind and the body are separate things. But the mind is a function of the brain. it's it's a result of the brain. And the brain is just an organ and it operates on the same chemical and electrical principles as all of the rest of physics. It doesn't, ever has never been shown to violate the laws of physics in any way. And if your thoughts and your mood and your mind and the essential pieces of the self originate from the brain and, of course, are influenced by the body, it's a complex system. I'm not pretending it's not. But the brain is the organ of mind. And, and that's, that's reasonably well established because if you damage the brain, the mind follows, right? So if, if you get hit in the fucking skullet and you live and you've got brain damage, your mind has changed. Your intellectual and, and cognitive faculties can change. Your mood can change. Your ability to recognize people and patterns can change. I mean, this is, this is very well established at this point. So, but we have this still. We have this lingering idea that there's something about mood or mind that is 
controllable by an external you, which is not subject to the physical you. You know, you would never tell somebody, you know, like you said, like, chin up. You'd never tell somebody, like, produce more insulin, like, and yeah. expect them to stop being <laughs> diabetic, right? Like, why aren't you producing more insulin? You have a good life. Yeah. You know, like, your family loves you. Why are you not producing more insulin? <laughs> like, I'm trying. I keep trying, yeah. but it doesn't work. Right? Like, that's a stupid, foolish, ridiculous thing to say, but it's, you know, we, we even have, in our, in our country here, we even have often different health benefits from our insurance providers for mental health than we do for bodily health. But it doesn't make any sense because mental health is bodily health. There is no difference. Your mental state of being is simply a reflection of the, of, of the brain, which is an organ like your heart. It's just like we look at the heart, it's a fucking water pump. And we're like, eh, that's covered along with the rest of the parts. But the fucking powertrain has a separate warranty in this yeah. case. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't make any sense. And again, I, I feel like it goes back to this, this false codification of mind-body dualism, which is you know, not supported by any science that I'm aware of whatsoever, and yet is so embedded in our culture that this idiot and other people like him will look at somebody who commits suicide and not think to themselves, that sucks. They had a disease. It was depression. And in this case, it was terminal. Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. Yay! This story comes to a raw story. Rand Paul on abortion. Civilization will collapse unless fetuses get personhood rights. Uh, so Rand Paul, Rand Paul kind of had us for a little while. He was making a point, Cecil. Let's listen to him All and right. see what he says. Because I'm going to stop it right before he, he, he fucking rides the rails. He rails himself. Nice music. Tell me a little bit about your fight to protect the life of the unborn and the unborn child. I mean, that's a big issue in evangelical communities right. is that we want to protect life. It's, it's a big issue for me, and I, I tell people that Really, it's all about when life begins. You know, I'm a physician. One of the things that I would do in my job is to go into the pediatric nursery and I would examine babies that are one pound babies looking in their eye to try to make sure that they didn't uh, suffer from blindness from being born prematurely. And the interesting thing is when you're in the neonatal nursery and you got a one pound baby, everybody acknowledges that that baby has rights. The Bill of Rights applies to that baby and nobody can hurt that baby. It's okay. a one pound baby. All right. I'm with him. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I like... Like I get it, I I understand, and I and I think I know where he's going with this, right? Let's let's see if I can figure out where he's going. Where he's going to go is say like, and look, you know, if if that baby, that one pound baby's inside the womb, you know, like you know, maybe we need to start thinking about you know viability and how that works. And it turns out that many states have already done that, but you know, we're just going to keep on hammering the point home um, that we want to make sure that you know people don't. Uh, don't overlook the viability of babies when right. they're deciding whether or not to get an abortion. Okay, so let's see where he goes. That's what I think he's going to go. But a week before, even a full-term seven-pound baby has no rights, according to the way people are what? looking at it. <laughs> and I think that's a big mistake. So I've, no. I've introduced legislation called the Life at Conception Act to define when life begins Wait a at minute. conception. At conception. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yes. It, yes. Wait, when there it, are two uh, cells, the moment... Hold the, on. The two cells fuse. Those two cells weigh a pound? <laughs> Seven pounds. Jesus. It's that's not heavy. <laughs> Good Lord, is that a load? 
My God, man, you're like a, you're like a porn star like if you have a super load shooter. That big. My goodness, blasted her across the room it's with like that a, one. It's like an ostrich egg. I guess I don't even know. That's amazing. Um, if you're impressed by the size of the bully, you should see the size of the gun. <laughs> Uh, it's the tiniest little derringer. <laughs> no, but okay. So, so he totally went off the rails. I mean, that doesn't even make any sense. You're basically saying, "Look, I think that they're, you know, we're thinking there's about something with viability, and now we're rolling the clock back to the moment of conception. Like, why do we need to go all the way back there? You know, he's he's making a straw man argument, basically saying, well, you know, we need to worry about all these abortions that are happening at, you know." When a seven-pound baby a week before it's due, um, which isn't even like like most states already have fucking laws against that. Like thirty-six states already have laws that discourage or uh, do not allow women to uh, to abort at that law like that far into a pregnancy. Thirty-six of the fifty, um, you know, and then there's other states that that limit it in different ways as well. And there's other states that. That start that don't talk about it at the end, but talk about it at the beginning, right? They talk about it at like you 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 can't abort after a certain number of weeks. So they're basically saying like after 20 weeks you can't do it anymore. And there's states that have that sort of law. I don't even understand where he's going. He's just like we want to roll it all the way back. It's basically you you would treat all the only the only way. Because you can't, you don't know when somebody has conceived. It's not like a fucking, it's not like they got a, it's not like playing Operation, right? Where their fucking nose lights up. It's not a slot machine. <laughs> Where you're just like, oh, you have three sevens? Ding, you ding, must ding, be ding, pregnant. <laughs> Babies oh. start shooting out of the little coin yeah. shoot. Yeah, no more cherries there. You definitely have three sevens. So. so you'd have to constantly, you'd have to behave as if, as if every woman were constantly pregnant at all times. There would be, there would be no other way because you otherwise have no ability to suss that information out, right? And it's it's a solution in search of a problem. Yeah, because that's the, you exactly know, the, it. The, 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 the statistics are that 99% of abortions occur 20 weeks or earlier. And abortions that occur in the third trimester, I looked this up earlier, it's 0.08%. So, you know, this idea that's that sounds so horrific, like, and it does sound horrific, this idea of a a viable seven pound baby being aborted. Like that's not a thing. Like, like that's not how, like, it's not like, it's not like all across America right now, women fucking carry babies to 39 and three quarter weeks. And then instead of delivering, they're just like, nah, fucking kill it. I know. I know. And then that's, doctors just yep. like, like reach in there and just like punch the baby. To yeah. death. <laughs> like, what do you, where do you think we live? Like nobody's doing these yeah. things. Well, and nobody th would do these things. I think what they're thinking is, you know, that that there's this malicious act behind the mother has this malicious act. They're just like, ah, you know, I can't wait. I'm really psyched up about getting my abortion this weekend. You know, I fucking, right. I've kept my, I fucking basically, you know, used my body as a, you know, what's eventually going to be a grenade launcher. You know what I mean? Like it's just like, <laughs> like my body for like this long has basically. I mean, pregnancy is not. It's not ultimately easy for all women. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of difficult pregnancies out there. And pregnancy itself is like, you know, it totally messes with your whole fucking center of gravity and your balance and like your back starts hurting and all kinds of little aches and pains. You're carrying around a lot more weight than you normally would. You know, it's all this extra stuff that goes on. You think somebody's going to go through all that fucking time, be like fucking 30 fucking five weeks pregnant. I know, and just man. just be like, 
you know what? I got to give up on this one. You know, there's there's got to be something seriously wrong before somebody gets to that point. All the other people make their decision well within the first 12 weeks. Most of the abortions happen within the first 12 weeks. A majority, and we're talking a fucking large majority into the, I want to say it was like in the 80s or 90% happen within the first 16 weeks. You know, that's not a baby that is viable at all. That's a fucking blood spot. You would call that a period. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it looks. It's not a thing yet. You know, yeah, when you start getting near the end of that 16 weeks, I'm sure it's a little bigger than that. But it's not. It is definitively not a baby. It is a. It is just a bunch of cells at that point. You know, once we start getting into viability outside of the womb, I'm kind of with you, man. Like, I think, you know, there could be some laws that could, you know, that I'm okay with. As long as, you know, they leave in, uh, you know, uh, health of the mother in there, you know, if the health of the mother's threatened, if they leave, like, rape and incest in there, things like that. I'm okay with laws being in place to say, hey, you know, the baby's 35 weeks, you can't fucking, sh you know, do anything to it. I'm okay with that. But once we start getting into the fucking point of absurdity to be like, well... The moment you fucking wave your cock in front of her vagina, no more abortion. I just want to, like, get, like, a fucking Lego fun factory of abortions. If I was a woman, I would get pregnant as often as possible just to have abortions. I would just fucking... Just because it sounds fun. Sounds like, like a great time. Man, doesn't that sound good? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, and thankfully, it's risk-free. And you get free juice and cookies afterwards, <laughs> so... I think we got off the track when we allowed our government to become a secular government. Uh, when we stop realizing that God created this nation, that he wrote the Constitution, that it's based on biblical principles, and, and, um, and, and we allowed those that don't believe in those things to, to keep pushing us, pushing us, and pushing us away from, from uh, the government. This story comes from Right Wing Watch. Tom DeLay, let's bring Jesus Christ back into our political system just like God intended. Sounds like somebody making beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> From the land of sky blue waters. <laughs> Do you want to listen to what Ty? It's only a minute long. Do you want to hear uh, what he has to say? I know. It's a minute and five seconds. Okay. It's a little longer, but I think the five seconds is the right wing watch logo at the end. So. All right. I'll do it. All right. I'll Tom DeLay on the Tom DeLay, goofy Tom DeLay stuff. The point is, is that we've got to rewrite the federal government. Now, this is not going to happen overnight. What the what? fuck? <laughs> Rewrite the government. Rewrite the government. Doesn't he sound drunk, too? Who wrote the government on my wall? <laughs> Who wrote the government? Who? 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 Okay. All right. So <laughs> listen to him say that again, Tom. I'm going to rewind it all the way to the beginning. Doesn't he sound drunk? The point is, is that we've got to rewrite the federal government. Now, this is not going to happen overnight. It took 130 <laughs> years to bring us to where we are today. It could probably take 50 years to turn it around. Wait, if wait, slow, slow your roll. It took 130 <laughs> years? What happened? Uh, wait, I'm actually genuinely curious. Wait, what's... Didn't we have, like, a bicentennial wait, in 1930 years? Didn't we have... A, what happened in 1884? 130 now, years! Wait, the uh, fuck... <laughs> It took 130 years. 130 years, Tom. Well, wait a minute. Did it take 130 years from the time maybe, like, Columbus landed and, like, raped no. the first Indian? I don't think so. No, because 1492 to 1776, that's, that's 300 that's years 300 almost. 300 years. Wait, where does this 130 years come know. from? I don't know. We're, I missing, we're clearly good... missing something obvious, or he is. So, right. Yeah. 
130 <laughs> years? I don't even know what that means. It took 130 years to bring us to where we are today. It could probably take 50 years to turn it around. If we, but if we stand on the Constitution... Dirty so you literally have to stand on the Constitution. You have to like lay the Constitution on the ground. And I stand actually on it. use the original. I stole like National Treasure yeah. style the original Constitution. I don't. And it's you. my fucking uh, welcome mat. It's, I was gonna say it's your bathroom mat. <laughs> you shake no, your. I, dick I have off some on respect it. for it. <laughs> Nothing shake. in my bathroom deserves that. <laughs> and everything else comes together. So what I'm asking you to do and pray for. Is spiritual revival. Let's bring Jesus Christ back into our political system and stand for him unashamedly because none of this is going to happen without God. N none of what, Cecil? He hasn't identified what's supposed to happen. <laughs> the rewriting of the Oh, the rewriting everything. of the government. The rewriting of the government. I forgot. I'm, I'm dim. Because I remember in 1884 when we wrote yeah. the first government. <laughs> it sat down. It was our... our not so founding fathers. Right. <laughs> it sat was, down. It's like, you know, the people who fought in the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What a weirdo, dude. It ain't going to happen without yeah, God. And secondly, demand a revolution for the Constitution. A revolution for the Constitution. And let's imp impose that. What the what is he talking about? It's a about? revolution for the Constitution. <laughs> it just rhymes. I, I know. know what that means. I know. See that you gotta harken back to the days of the presidency of Chester Arthur. <laughs> and then That's not a thing. <laughs> he was the twenty first president of the United States. I've never heard that name. In eighteen eighty four. I've never heard that name. I, <laughs> he, he was probably good. Is it. he assassinated or something? He died two years later, yeah. He died in 1886. Fucking, I'll tell you what. Of death. Yeah, 21st president. I've never heard that guy. <laughs> On our political system, let's bring it back the way God intended it and the way God wrote it. Then your children will have a different future. First, 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 first. <laughs> the way God wrote it? God wrote it. God wrote it in 1884. <laughs> he gave it to Chester Arthur. He what he did is he... he Chester he, Arthur. He, he wrote it on a tablet, they, a golden they, tablet. Yeah, right. And then he buried it, and then he sent an angel down, and then Joseph Smith borrowed it for a little while, and then he gave it to Chester Arthur. Chester Arthur. Right. And then, and they, but they lost it. They, it. I think it's... They buried it under a tree again somewhere. <laughs> It's terrible. Chester Arthur. And then who did he give it to after Chester Arthur? I don't know. The next president? Chester uh, James Grover Garfield. Cleveland. Was or? after that. Grover Cleveland. Grover yeah. Cleveland. Something. You can't go wrong with a name like Grover either. I, right? Yeah. You, can, I, you know, the nice thing is with a name like Grover, you can either be a president or <laughs> a Sesame Street Muppet. I mean, that's just fucking win all the way around. Oh, man. I, I think he makes a compelling argument that we need to rewrite the government. I don't even know what he's talking about. Well, you we got to fucking rub some Jesus on it then, Cecil. Because that's the way God wrote it. But the thing is, is it like, if God wrote it, why do we have to rewrite it? <laughs> because he wrote it in fucking invisible ink, and we lost the black light of Jesus. Oh, that's right. He gave it. it to Chester Arthur. That was we the gave problem. It that, gave it to fucking Chester Arthur. Fucking Chester Arthur. God damn it, Chester. Where's my black light of Jesus? You gotta take your civics class. It's like, did you read the government today? <laughs> oh fuck! 
Well, if you didn't read it, you got to write it. You got to write one down quick. You got better, 20 minutes before you class. Better write it up. Write a government. Write the government. <laughs> Ridiculous idiot. We need a revolution he for the was Constitution. Drunk. He's clearly drunk. Like, he is drunk on sacramental wine standing in front of everybody. There's no way you can be slurring your words that much and not make a lick of sense. <laughs> like, that's that's like, you know, you got home at 2 a.m. and your dad's really drunk and he wants to have a talk with you. You know what I mean? Like, it's that. <laughs> it, that's what it is. Son, 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 son. And he's just like, look, wait, we, hold on a second. We, we got to rewrite the government. We got a revolution. We put the carpet in the pot. And then you go <laughs> south on I eighty. No, you kids, you kids, you kids, you kids, you kids. <laughs> oh you know, man! You rev- the the revolution for the Constitution. <laughs> Basically, we've turned every drunk dad into a sleep talker. I know, right? <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this next story comes, unsurprisingly, from Right Wing Watch. Anti-LGBT activists are furious that discriminatory businesses received bad reviews. Uh, well, they shouldn't be furious. They should expect that. When you <laughs> act like a giant ass bag, people will say, hey, ass bag alert, because it's 2014 and Yelp apps. Oh, man. Yelp fucking awesome, dude. Yelp fucking laid the hammer down on these people, man. I'll tell you what. There's not a lot of reviews either. What's funny is there's only like nine reviews. It's not like there's a a Virgilian reviews. There's just nine of them. That's it. But uh, but they're they're furious about it. So I want to play. This is uh this is Matt Staver of Liberty Council and Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council. Uh, and their uh, this is their show called uh, Freedom's Call. So I'm going to play. It's about 50 seconds long. Homosexual activists attack Christian businessmen on social media. Hi, I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. We'll talk about this next on Freedom's, Freedom's Call. The battle over same-sex marriage has spread to the business review sites. The Inn of the Abingtons in Pennsylvania has been the target of homosexual activists after it refused to host a same-sex wedding. The Inn's social media business ratings have been attacked with false reviews, not based on the quality of the Inn's service, but based on the owner's religious beliefs. The same activists are citing the Inn's stand for natural marriage as a justification for a new state bill, HB 300, which would require the Inn as well as churches to participate in same-sex weddings. So they're mad because people who haven't uh, actually done and gone to this business, uh, they are ra- they are um, raiding this 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 company, and they're mad at it. Yeah. Well, what we should do, Cecil, is rewrite the internet. I mean, if we just rewrite the internet and have a revolution for our institution, <laughs> it's going to take a lot of code, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Get cracking, because that's not my Let me forte. Tell you, man. Yeah, man. It's like that's how the fucking internet works, man. Like that's how it works. Like that's how Yelp works. Not everybody on Yelp, not everybody on Yelp has been to the fucking whatever cafe. But I'll tell you what: if you found out from your buddy that you're not at welcome at the whatever fucking cafe, you'll make that known. That's how that shit works. That's how social media works. It is social. Yeah. And you can't stop it. Like, it, and and it's funny because. They got all these negative reviews. You don't see the, you know, they, those negative reviews in their mindset. You would think that they would be drowned out by the positive reviews. 
right? That they would be the, the noise amidst the, 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 the soaring accolades of all of the people standing behind the bigots. But we don't see that. What you see is the bigots, the criticism of the bigots, and then people who are unhappy that the bigots are being criticized. But you don't see the groundswell of support. You know, it's not like they have nine bad reviews and 900 reviews from fucking thrilled Christians because their business would go up if more people were bigots. I want to read. This is Chris R's uh, Yelp review. So I went there and I saw that they were catering to a girl who had had sex before marriage. And that was that was the worst. They also had garments of mixed fabrics. <laughs> Total <laughs> abomination. I, I like the idea that, you know, it, you know, you go the other way. Be like, OK, look, you know, yeah, I, I'm fine with you not serving gays. But man, if you have mixed fabrics there, fuck you. Right. That's it. How dare you? You know, this restaurant bought uh, bought grain that was planted in the yeah. same row oh, as another goodness. grain. So Forget it. Not going to be able to attend that restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's going to be great, man, is because the internet is going to be unkind to these people. Sure. Because they're out of touch. Like, the people who are... The people who are the, the uh, anti-LGBT rights people are, generally speaking, really out of touch. I mean, otherwise they probably wouldn't be bigots. So they're going to get fucking pummeled by the Internet. The Internet is going to be the fucking massive wedge of fucking reason that crushes these dipshits. I feel like, too, that this is always bitching about, you know... The free market. They want the free market to be able to say, hey, look, man, we can decide who we want. We can we can decide to serve who we want. Okay, well, fine. But you don't want to have to deal with the backlash that that causes. The backlash that that's going to cause is people are going to talk about you. Whether you like it or not, they're going to talk about what you did. And if you can't handle that press, if you can't handle that publicity, then you're not about the free market. What you're about is a protected market, a market that allows you to decide who you want to serve, and you want to get away with it. Well, you basically want to, what you want to do is have black drinking fountains then. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's, I mean, if you want to be able to serve who you want, then then the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, somebody who's a bigot should be able to look at, you know, a, a black person and be like, hey, man, you know, I don't want you people here. You can get takeout, but you can't stay inside. You know what I mean? You wouldn't, you would think that that's awful. You would think that that's a horrible position. The same thing goes for you. And so if people are going to talk about you, you're going to have to fucking ride that wave of resentment. You know, and it's not, let's, let's be super clear too, like, they're not, there's no religious persecution taking place, none at all. They're still absolutely free to practice their religion. In fact, in this case, they're, they're absolutely free to practice their religion in a way that is discriminatory to homosexuals. It's not, it's not infringing on their religious rights to point out that their religious rights are not in agreement with your desire to spend money at their shop, right? So if you, you it's, it's not like their religious rights, and this is something you hear all the time, like, oh, they're being attacked. Their religious rights are being violated by the, by the uh, uh, you know, LGBT activist zealots. It's like, well, no, no one's, no one is, no one's infringing upon your rights, but they are aggressively engaging you in a public conversation, and that's not infringing on your free your free speech. It's not free speech and, and public uh, right to uh, have have worship doesn't mean that you get to do it at the exclusion of other people and without criticism. You still get to get criticized. That's the other guy's right. Like you have your right to be a right, shithead, exactly, and exactly. they have their right to say 
there be shitheads. Yeah, exactly. And point at you. <laughs> there be shitheads here. Somebody has the best name for a patron. It's awesome. All right, so we want to thank our patrons. Uh, all of our patrons, we especially want to thank the, the new ones. Um, I might be reading a couple of these again. Natasha, uh, Jonathan, Steve, Gold, John, Manos, the Hands of Fate, <laughs> and David. Thank you all very much for your generous donations. Uh, your hard-earned money makes sure uh, that the show continues, and we really appreciate it. We also got a message from someone this week who said, by the way, uh, I'm taking away some of the money that I've been giving you guys because I want to uh, donate it to somewhere else and donate it to like a worthy cause like Foundation of Unbelief. And we're like, that's fine. We're actually happy that you're doing that. We think that's a great cause, and we certainly do not begrudge anyone uh, who is, uh, who's giving money to those people. And in fact, our Christmas... Uh, our Christmas drive this year is going to be for Foundation Beyond Belief. Um, we're going to put something together within the next, I want to say within the next couple months. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a matching. So we're going to match everybody's dollar up to, I want to say we're going to do like seventeen dollars or $2,000. We're not sure exactly. I think we'll probably do $2,000. So up to $2,000, we'll match all the money. So when we put that thing live, if you donate a hundred bucks, we'll match your hundred bucks all the way up to 2000. So hopefully we can raise $4,000 for foundation beyond belief right around Christmas time. Um, that's going to be our sincere hope. So, uh, stick around and stick to stay tuned uh, for when that's going to happen. We'll keep, we'll keep you posted on that, but we're happy that people are given to foundation beyond belief. We think it's a wonderful cause. And, and truly, and honestly, if you're looking at our show and thinking, I've only got $10 that I can donate. Donate it to something like... I mean, don't get me wrong. We're happy. We're thrilled for all of our patrons. But if you're in a position where you think, I've only got $10, where is the best place for that to be? Uh, Foundation Beyond Belief would be something to take a look at. We didn't get a ton of email. We did get a, a, a poem, though, from Max, Tom. Yeah, Max wrote this. The good news is you can live by our rules, sing our songs, take up our causes, take our word for it, and ask us no questions. The good news is you aren't free and never will be. I like that. Nice yeah, short, short sweet. to the point. I like it. That's great. Boom. Thanks for writing it. Uh, we appreciate Max. Uh, and, uh, and Max also says that, you know, ever since he was in middle school, he was a skeptic, and he says he hasn't been brave enough to share it with his family um, and he thanks us for being a place where he can escape and pretend he's not, uh, where he doesn't have to pretend he's something that he isn't. So we're glad we're an outlet for you, Max. Uh, I'm sure we're an outlet for a lot of people, and uh, and we hope you keep listening. We got a message from Glenn. <laughs> I love this. He says, hey, guys, love your podcast. Where I live, you occasionally see a Muslim woman covered head to toe in a burqa or whatever it's called. I saw a woman wearing a burqa, and I was struck with wonder. I wonder how many times has a Muslim husband grabbed what he thought was his wife, oh, Jesus. only to find when he got home it was somebody else's wife. <laughs> and I can see them just saying, look, you don't need any stonings, and I don't need any lashes, so let's just keep this among ourselves. You don't need any stonings. You really can only sustain one stoning. Right? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> you, know. yeah, you don't need this, and I don't need that, so yeah. let's just let's just pretend this didn't yeah. occur. I love it. I think that's great. That I think that's great. very funny. Thanks, Glenn. 
finally, we got a great comment on our Skeptics Creed, Tom. Um, this is, uh, this was a good one. This was probably one of my favorite comments we received in a long time on the blog. Asking questions are a really good thing if you are not understand something something completely. thing. Solemn thing completely. But this paragraph presents fastidious understanding yet. Here is my website. <laughs> Russian business. <laughs> Russia B2B email list. That's fucking great. Oh, it's good stuff. I love it when they just get, like, as you read through it, you're like, if you are not understand solemn thing completely, <laughs> you're just like, wait, what? Wait, what's going on here? Oh, we get some thing. good ones. Some of the best stuff we get is in the, it just goes straight into the spam box, but we constantly get, like, uh, you know, the penis size stuff. We get, we get stuff for that all oh, yeah, the that's, time. That's for me. Don't put that in the spam. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to mark that as not spam. Here's one, Tom. Be the king in your bedroom. Yeah, do I get a cord, that, get a cord that over? Do yeah. I get a little crown? <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't wear a crown? <laughs> I, look, I figure if I bring a scepter oh, to the party. A scepter. That's generous, my friend. <laughs> Uh, well, that's it for this week. Um, we are going to leave you, as always, with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan, sales pitch, late night info, docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 